You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Not of the Scribe, and at Walker Mail. We've got a few topics we want to get to today. One is the game tonight. Devontae Graham is questionable, so perhaps some good news on the injury front where we might get him back, but you still have the usual suspects out that have been out for the past week. Cody Martin, Gordon Hayward, and Miles Bridges because of the protocol, so we'll talk about the game tonight. In the third segment, Scott Fowler wrote a piece on George Shin, who is celebrating his 80th birthday. There was a Q&A in the Charlotte Observer from columnist Scott Fowler, the previous owner of the Charlotte Hornets that was public enemy number one for a long time and maybe still is public enemy number one in your hearts to this day. There's a lot of things to get to. That's pretty interesting Q&A in my opinion. And I think what's funny about this is I think Doug met him in Nashville because I think he lives in Nashville now. And yeah, no, he does. He says it, it says he lives in Nashville, so that, that that's what makes all of this really, really funny. Well, Doug met him before. Play. I think he talked about that on the podcast. Like, I think Doug at some kind of event or whatever. It might have been you know, just whatever dinner. Maybe it was because of producer Katie, something relating to her. I'm not sure, but I know that he met her, and I I need to text him because what happened? I let, that's what we'll do. Yeah, um, please do. I hope Doug responds, but I need to text Doug just to see like what that interaction was because I I. I just remember him talking a little about that interaction. I think he was something like nice in the moment or a nice enough guy at the time. But of course you knew what it was with George Shin. I mean, <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to text. All right. I'm going to text Doug. Hopefully he responds Go in time. Ahead, yeah. We'll get to that in the third segment, along with some of the things that happened in that piece, but we'll lead off Nada with the future rankings that ESPN came out with Kevin Pelton, Bobby Marks, a couple of guys, a part of ESPN that contribute to this article. And usually when we do this, Nada, we do this every year. ESPN puts out the the FPR, I think the future power rankings, and every single year, the Charlotte Hornets are well towards the bottom. Yeah, generally, they're like 28, 29, right? Yeah, that's their average, <laughs> and and that's over the course of, of the last decade, Nada. It's not just even like the last five years. It's since 2009, they have averaged the 28 and a half spot, and they move up from dead last. You move up from like 30. And so here's what they write. The Hornets had annually received the award that no team wanted last in the FPR or future power rankings. Since 2009, Charlotte had an average of 28.5 and it had finished last in four consecutive rankings before moving to number 28 last April. Wow. Wow. Here's some of the reasons why. Led by LaMelo Ball, the Hornets now have their highest ranking since September of 2014. The drafting of Ball, P.J. Washington, and Miles Bridges and free agent signings of Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier have the Hornets roster ranked number 16. That's up 11 spots from a year ago. The improved roster is a credit to GM Mitch Kupchak and head coach James Borrego. The Hornets had annually ranked in the bottom of management, but now ranked number 17. 
Keep an eye on Charlotte this offseason as well. It is one of a handful of teams that have cap space to use in free agency. This write-up responsible for, uh, from Bobby Marks. So when you read all of that, Nada, you see the big jump. I think the Charlotte Hornets deserve a big jump. And you said it. I've said it a couple of times this year. Most people have already gone with this thought. It helps quite a bit when you draft a, a future superstar. That's going to help your future ranking. It does. Like, the thing is, this team went from 28 to, to basically mediocre in the league and it just being average in terms of future. Like, maybe the future's bright, maybe it's not. We don't know yet. But with just one star, the, the Hornets have gone from, okay, we don't have to pay attention to this team for the next couple of years to, hey, we might actually have to look at this team for a little bit. Like, that's the way I look at it. And I hate to look at it like glass half empty. But, like, it's 16. There's still 15 other teams that people will rather pay attention to, to, to than the Charlotte Hornets at this point. And, unfortunately, this just means the work's just beginning. And, granted, Bobby Marks does put out that, at some point, this team is going to get better because they still have cap space. They still have a, a relatively clean cap sheet. So, I get it. I want to be happy about it. I want to be excited. I want to, uh, again, I want to do a little bu- a little dance, a little soft shoe, so a little bit of something. But I can't do that off of the number 16 ranking. Well, the, now, granted, go ahead, go I'm going to enjoy the ride on it, though. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah, because there was a significant step taken. You can't have the Charlotte Hornets take any bigger of a step, right? Because you look at what they did this offseason. Terry Rozier has a career year. Gordon Hayward, before he gets injured, was an all-star consideration. You get Malik Monk having a nice season. He's having a career year and you get LaMelo ball, a future superstar who is coming in and having as big of a rookie impact as you could possibly ask for. You could not ask for more from LaMelo ball this season. And you still get to basically average and not even basically literally. I mean, you're 16th. So (laughs) essentially literally, right? So you get, so you get there and the Charlotte Hornets making that kind of jump. It's all because you draft a superstar, the teams that are in front of them, Atlanta at 16 and, and tied for that. I, I guess Bobby Marks, there might've been typo in the rankings, Charlotte 17, but Atlanta here is 16. So there you go. Um, Golden state is 15. The Boston Celtics who just suffered a Jalen Brown season ending injury. They're at 14. Nada. That's, I mean, they're down five spots from number five. That was their previous previous ranking. So they were five, excuse me. They went down nine spots. The Boston Celtics are 14, just a couple of spots ahead of the Hornets. The Raptors, the NBA finals champion from just a couple of years ago are just a few spots ahead of the Charlotte Hornets. So things can change pretty rapidly, but the Hornets are right there with some of those teams that we once thought highly of. Now it means that a lot of things can change, but here's the biggest thing, right? You get your superstar, and that was always the step that the Hornets had to take because the last couple of years, you draft Miles Bridges, who nobody was as high on before this season when he took a significant step. P.J. Washington, I think you're probably around the same range. I loved P.J. last year. I, I love him again this year, despite him being inconsistent. You get a couple of other pieces that help you out, but it's LaMelo, right? Like you could compare this team to Atlanta with their rebuild, but they had Trey Young. They had their superstar, and that's what was separating them. But now we have ours, 
And to have yes. LaMelo, you've got the superstar. That's the hardest thing to do. It, it, it's tough to get that second one to put you in future championship consideration. I heard Zach Lowe talking about this with Chris Vernon and Chris Vernon, of course, being a Memphis radio God discussing the Memphis Grizzlies. They were discussing Jaron Jackson and John Morant. So that kind of one, two combo, how do you, it's, it's in the future, right? When you're talking about some kind of championship consideration, but that's what you can start thinking of when you have those two guys, as long as Jackson can be healthy. Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, kind of get into the argument of where they should rank. It, it's just, you want to get in that realm. So I guess where do the Hornets rank as far as getting that second star or something like that? It, it, at least we can have that conversation, Nada, because we have LaMelo ball and it does wonders for the future of this team yeah that and I guess that's the other thing is just we have the star we have the star here thus far and that's that's a good step one and I think that's where I'm at is just this is a good step one what are you going to do to build on this because unfortunately this team had a star and didn't really build around him for seven years and failed to build around him and then rode him into the ground, and now he's in Boston, very, very miserable. Um, I want to see what step two is going to be. And after after everything that we've seen, this team needs a big. How are you going to fill that role? How are you, again, who are you going to pay? Because there are questions about who this team is going to pay for the next over the next two to three years. And a lot of these decisions are going to impact how this team goes forward and how this team and and the future rankings that they do have. So while I want to appreciate this, I also know that this is also step one Yeah, and I want to continue to see what this team is going to do after that. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about it uh, to lead into the second segment and a couple of teams you could possibly compare the Charlotte Hornets to. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Locker Room. This is what this episode is brought to you by. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on locker room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or the rumors. You can even find locked on hosts across the NBA, MLB, or the NHL. Go download the free locker room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates, NFL, NHL. It doesn't matter. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and your favorite leagues. Download the locker room app today. Locker room changing the way we talk sports let's talk more future rankings and the game tonight against the denver nuggets coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets i don't like doing that unless like i am totally annoyed i don't drop the big joker in spades or that early i don't drop the big joker I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. The last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info 
uh, for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and even your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to the bet uh, Bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information. Again, head to the website or your mobile device to sign up today, and you can also receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So as I mentioned, Nada, the Hornets are going to be playing the Denver Nuggets, and I was scrolling down the future rankings, and this is how it plays out. Number one is the Brooklyn Nets, because it's not even just for youth in the future rankings. It's just about the kind of talent that you have, and when you have two MVP candidates and James Harden and Kevin Durant and even Kyrie Irving, despite them being older players in the league, that's a lot to deal with. So you can understand why Brooklyn might be number one. The LA Clippers are number two on this list. The LA Lakers, they're number three on the future rankings and how they'll be contending at least for the next couple of years. Then you get to the Denver Nuggets and they're number four. And it's unfortunate that Jamal Murray got hurt for the rest of the season. And we don't know when he's going to come back even next year, because when they made that trade for Aaron Gordon, I thought, yep, I buy into them a a lot more as championship contenders, because you get somebody that can defend on the perimeter as strong, can get some of the unicorn guys like the LeBron James types of bodies, right? Mm -hmm. You can put Gordon on that dude and you've got Jamal Murray, and you've got the MVP of the league. It made a lot of sense to me that to say, okay, Denver can truly legitimately contend. I just don't feel that way, even with them continuing to win without Jamal Murray. I don't feel that way anymore. But you know their future, right? Like, we can talk about the game in a moment, but this is a team that is a smaller market, right, that has built through the draft. They draft Nikola Jokic and hit unbelievable gold in the second round. No one thought Nicola was going to do this. Sometimes that's what it takes. But Nicola is an MVP candidate that you got late in the second round. You draft Jamal Murray when there were some decisions that you could try to make. There are some other guys you could have taken. Jamal Murray takes a little while, but that's that's a natural maturation process, Nada. Like that, we didn't know that for sure. That's the inspiration for Malik Monk, if you're honest. Yes, like you're kind of hoping for that, and Murray was always kind of on a higher trajectory, but there's a natural maturation process there with Murray. And then you swing for the fences, drafting a Michael Porter Jr. Even with the back problems, you select him, and he's been very, very good offensively and gotten better defensively. That guy, I think, is a future star in this league, too. Hell, he might already be there. The guy's been awesome recently. I think there's a comparison to be made there. Like, you get your star with Denver one way or the other. It doesn't matter if you draft him in the 40s like they did or third overall, like the Charlotte Hornets did. You have to continue hitting on the draft, and there's reason to believe that they can when you hit on PJ and Miles, yeah, having Shea would have been nice, but Miles was awesome this year, right? Drafting PJ, that's enough of a foundation to start building. Can you get that other guy that you think can be a legitimate two? And here's a team you're playing tonight that has done just that, built through the draft to become serious contenders. Then you can start making the trades as moves to help further uh, your contention, if you will. No, see, it's funny because Denver is absolutely the model that you want to take after. Like you said, they've hit, but also in that they had they got Jerry and Grant for cheap and built that man up. They did a smart deal for um, Paul Millsap when we all thought Paul Millsap was done. Like they've done these smart deals that we don't necessarily think, and then under the table, like Will Barton, they developed like Monte Morris. 
P.J. Dozier. Yeah. There's those guys. Right. Like, they can, like, those guys um, in Denver don't miss. Don't miss at all on the draft. They don't mess around on the draft. And mind you, they did this without a G League team to do this with. Like, that's the crazy part to this whole scenario. So their coaching staff is one of the best at developing guys and getting guys to believe and getting everyone. I mean, it, even if you happen to be one of those subscribers in Ball Ball, like, he's on that roster too. There's just, like, when it comes to Denver, Denver is the model that the Hornets should be following after. Now, whether they get to that model where they don't miss, where Mitch really just doesn't miss, to be determined. But for right now, like, that's the model. That's what, like, the Hornets fans should want is something similar to Denver right now. Yeah. Um, and speaking of bowl bowl, somebody that is a huge fan, Doug Branson, I did get a text back and it's just really? as good as we would have hoped for. So save we'll, for the third, save, save, <laughs> yeah, save right. The third. We'll reference uh, Doug's interaction with George Shin in the third segment. Thank you, Doug, for contributing today's show. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Not like you, you have to continue to hit. And the, the other thing is, you know, they even draft an RJ Hampton, who's been awesome for Orlando ever since going over there. And I, I think a lot of people kind of thought that thought that as of just a throw in to go get Aaron Gordon and, and, and a lot of NBA experts were saying, no, this is not a throw in Denver really likes RJ Hampton. This is something that they did not want to necessarily part with, but understanding their window is now they got rid of them. And, and that's just another hit in the draft to your point. Not like that. They, they'll take the swing on the high upside guys and also just get solid dudes. And it's worked out for them a lot. And you're hoping that the Charlotte Hornets can continue to do that. And, and, and I think you need to draft guys with higher ceilings than what they have. I, I don't know what miles bridges is and PJ Washington. I don't view them as future second stars on a team. You know, I, I, with LaMelo, he's a legitimate all-star. I don't know if he's going to become the 25 point per game score. You know, like I, he's going to be awesome, right? He's certainly a top two Do Is he going to be a top 25 point score or, a, you know, 25 point per game score in this league? He's got that potential. I, I don't know if that's going to come to fruition, but he's going to be over 20. You know, I, you can yes. feel confident. You can feel confident about that. So we'll see. I, it, it's a nice step for the Hornets to take real quickly. Are you mad that the New York Knicks are seventh in the future uh, in the future rankings, having jumped from 27 to seven? It's the biggest leap in FPR history. The Knicks are what? They're seventh. That's right. Yep. I, I, that, that took me aback as much as we should celebrate or, you know, I don't know if you hate the Knicks or not. I know you don't hate the Knicks, but whoever's listening to this, Julius Randall having an all NBA season is awesome. RJ Barrett has really come around this year as well. Seven seems high. Seven is overly high <laughs> Walker. Yeah, I know we're talking about a team. We're talking about a team that we're not sure Julius Randall is coming back to like, that's still a question mark. Julius Randle is a free agent. So if they don't get so so the thing is, like, I understand the future power rankings on that, but what happens if Julius Randle signs it with Dallas or something like that? Mm -hmm. Like well, what happens? Well, they've like, got cap space. Question. Yeah, they're they're tied. So they they break this down in different categories. And the Hornets were sixth in money. Just what kind of money you've got to work with. The New York Knicks are tied for first. As far as market goes, they're tied for first. When it comes to drafting players recently, 
they're tied for seventh or they're not tied for seventh. They're just outright seventh. And those were the biggest jumps. Management goes all the way to tied to 11th, which, okay, seems like there were a lot more mistakes made than that, but you can evaluate that however you want. Their players overall right now, they're tied for 18th. Those are the categories that they break all of this down. Um, but the market and the money tied for first, that's, that's a good combo. And so I understand it. Seventh is too high for me still, but when you've got a lot of money to work with and it's not like your market is second to a lot of cities out there, makes it, it, it does make sense that they would make a big jump. Here's my counter to that. The Knicks had a whole lot of money two years ago. How'd it work out for them? Well, it just depends on if you believe in their management now compared to what it was a couple of years ago. Um, oh, no, no. As long as James Dolan, like, yeah, as long as James ownership is, is tied for last, it should be. That's not a category, yes. <laughs> but ownership yeah. could be. Yeah, like, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm not trusting a James Dolan to do that. I'm uh, like, literally, oh, James Dolan is always going to screw it up. We all know this. Let's stop, like, just stop fronting about it. It's okay. It's James. It's a James Dolan owned team. He's going to get mad. He doesn't get mentioned nearly enough, and that's okay. So that's why he's going to screw this up and blow this up because he can't help himself. All right, and by the way, I do like how we've managed to talk about the Nuggets without mentioning that this game is probably not worth watching <laughs> if you're a Hornets fan. I do appreciate that. Well, yeah, I mean, so Devontae Graham is questionable for this one. We'll see if he can provide a boost. It's still a Hornets team that has quite a few injuries. The usual suspects are going to continue to be out again. Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, Cody Martin, all of those guys aren't going to be playing, but we'll see about Devonte. We're recording this early enough that we don't have the new injury report today, but Devonte uh, is someone that could provide some kind of boost. And they're a game up on the Indiana Pacers right now. The Pacers won against Cleveland last night. The Wizards lose to the Atlanta Hawks by just one point. So you get a little bit more of a cushion there. The Wizards are a game and a half back. But the Hornets need to find... They're going to have to outperform one of these teams on paper, right? Because... The four games that they have left, I guess the three before Washington, Hornets are going to be an underdog. They're a six and a half point underdog tonight. I'm surprised it's not more. You're actually going to be betting on Denver, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so Denver's a six and a half point favorite. You know, the Clippers, the Knicks, depending on if these teams are playing for anything, they're going to be the favorite. And Washington, not a, I, I know people understand how hot they are, but I, I guess... I didn't realize just how hot they were. I know about all of the wins, but even the losses that they suffered, it, it, the last three losses that they've had, none of them have been by more than three points. <laughs> I mean, even when they lose, it's it's one possession. Uh, they're they're yeah. incredibly, incredibly hot right now, but they lose last night. One point loss still counts as a loss. We'll get to the George Shin article in just a moment, but I do want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has been a family-owned business that we've been talking about for quite some time here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com, it's that family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can go there right now at rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com 
right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, Locked On in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. One more segment to go on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And the Google description here says, on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares batik of New York, n.b.a. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, why is it Tim Tebow time in Jacksonville? You can get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today pod. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. I'm going to be naive for a moment, Nada. I just didn't know that Tim Tebow moved the needle the same way anymore. Like, Of course I, he does. I, I, I know. He to all the dorks. I, I, you're why. right. Like I, And I get that. And when it was announced that they were going to be working him out, I, I, I recognize that it was worth the story, but I went to ESPN's audio vault today mm-hmm. and all of the sound that they allow for ESPN affiliate radio stations to use the first page. It was so much about Tebow. I know yeah. that some of this is a mix of not a ton going on. But the NBA regular season is dwindling down, and they got some Russell Westbrook sound in there too, and they got some Knicks love sound in there as well. But there was so much Tim Tebow sound in there, Nada. I guess I'll be naive. That that's fine. I just I just didn't know that he moved the needle that much anymore. I know he used to. Of course. I didn't know that was still happening in 2021. Look, everybody loves a win for the Gipper speech. Everyone wants to be the underdog, and even though Tim Tebow hasn't been an underdog in God knows how long, people like dorks people like relatable dorks that's why he's still popular and again and, and no can't this country loves nothing more than to have someone chasing their dream and it have and it being a familiar easily digestible face despite the fact that that man is a multimillionaire. so you know what Everybody loves dorks. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I, I mean, people would kill for that jawline. Like you, you don't, people can resonate with that face. I don't know why. Like it ain't nobody got that jawline. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Nobody's got that face that Tim Tebow got. He's not, that's the thing. You shouldn't be resonating all with him. If you look like Tim Tebow, then you need to be going to try out for like a tight end as well. You need to be doing something. You can play triple a, whatever you want to do. You can try as many things as Tebow has. All right. Before we get to the shin article, one other thing. I know I keep going on these different roads, but I was looking at the market rating for the Charlotte Hornets. Not I want to play a game. Where do you think their market rating is? So the Knicks were number one. Mm -hmm. Where do the Hornets rank when it comes to market? 25, probably not a bad guess. I I think that's where I would have gone. 23, maybe a tiny bit higher than I would have thought. So 23, what that's that's higher than yeah. Kind of in the same neighborhood that you thought? Yeah, yeah. It, like, again, this is the number 23 media market. So, right. of course, it's going to be around that area. So, I get it. Yeah, and maybe they're just taking this for literal. Maybe that's just what it is. Maybe yeah. I'm just being an idiot. Um, I thought it might be something maybe not literal. But anyways, they're 23. So, there you go. All right, Nada, let's get to this George Shin article from Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer. He does a <laughs> Q&A with them, and you're happy to get to this. Um, first thing I want to start off with is the picture that they use to promote the article. It's George Shin 
back when he did own the Charlotte Hornets. He's back at the Coliseum and he's looking kind of back at the camera. Yeah. And you came up with a fantastic analogy of how he looked. Please explain. He he, he looks like a washed John Ritter. I mean, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Like, like, again, that's just like Jack Tripper from Three's Company from 20 <laughs> years, again, 20 years later and about 30 pounds heavier and about 50 million more than, than, than Jack Tripper was worth at the time. So it works. Yeah. Like, th- that that's Jack Tripper. That really is. And at this point, like, I, first things first, and I don't have much against the Observer. I do have a question about why we're kind of, I don't know, celebrating this guy, are we that hard up for content that we can talk to the guy that moved the team dishonestly, had a whole bunch of sexual harassment scandals and everything else like that, and basically was too broke to keep the team in New Orleans and had to sell it? Like, why are we celebrating this? When did we start started celebrating lames for turning 80? Like, is this one of those things <laughs> like where George Chin is a dork and we just happen to celebrate him because he seems to be relatable? Well, what... <laughs> No, well, what happens, I hope that there's nothing about George Shin that should be relatable to anybody listening to this podcast either. At least I hope not. But yeah, and you mentioned celebrating. I, I wonder how interesting this would be for other listeners because it was interesting at least enough for us to talk about. And sometimes you just reach out for any way you can stretch significance. And in this form, it's his 80th birthday. I don't know if they're celebrating him. Certainly the questions going forward, at least at the beginning of all of this, it's, you know, tell me about your favorite Hornets um, moment in your ownership career. You know, how is life going for you right now? They also mentioned uh, his, his new wife. Okay. So he's married again and he answers after I went through my divorce with my second wife, I went through this craziness of trying the internet. Scott Fowler says, you mean you tried online dating? And he says, yes, here's what he says. I lied about my age, but I found out that the women lied. Also, I said, this is crazy. Finally, a friend recommended me somebody she knew. I saw a picture of her and said, she's too young for me. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you said. She won't like me. I'm too old. And my friend said, no, she's (laughs) she's recently been divorced. She's great. She loves to play golf. She's a good Christian girl. I think she's just wonderful. We played golf together and had dinner together and quite frankly have been totally inseparable for the last few years. Meg and I got married last June outside on our property in Tennessee. COVID was really bad at that time. So we had only maybe 10 to 15 people there. It was really touching. All right. So some of that stuff I didn't really need to read. I should have just gone with the funny stuff at the beginning, but you get the point. My question to you, Nada, is if you are of the financial makeup and even financial history of George Shin, what are you putting on your dating profile? Used to own the Hornets? Is that what you're putting? What, what does that dating profile uh, profile look like for George Shin? Walker, if I'm a multimillionaire, you know the one thing I'm not doing? What's that? I'm not making a dating profile. <laughs> yes. Like, 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 no, I'm too rich for that. I'm too rich. I'm sorry. Like, at some point, like, the one thing that I keep think, thinking when I read this is, this dude has no sense of self-worth. None. None. Because I'm not, again, the things like, the funny thing is, like, when he talks about, like, his third wife and everything, getting hooked up with the third wife, like, the one description that he's, that she's, that basically his friend is missing from her is, like, the, yeah, she's got a great personality. Like, literally. (laughs) That's the only thing. 
Yeah. That's the only like like the way he tried to set her up. Like the the way that they tr- he tried to set those two up. Yeah. No. Nah, no, nah, not at all. Well, I, I I talked about how great your comparison was. The picture that they used back in the day, it does look like a washed and creepier version of John Ritter. And so I texted Doug about the time that he met him, hoping to get a text in time before we ended the podcast. And he did text me. And there's a new picture of him actually with his wife. And he looks completely different, Nada. Does he not? He's got, go check it out. He's got his hair flowing longer. He's got a beard. He's got the goatee. It, that, that, he's got all of that. And Doug texted me and said, well, he looks like a hipster Colonel Sanders now. I mean, it's just both of you guys knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I have nothing to contribute. You guys both went 10 for 10 on your comparisons. He does look like a hipster Colonel Sanders. Doug also wrote this when he met him, right? This is him texting about his meeting of George Shin. The person that introduced us said, quote, he does a podcast on your team. And then Doug said, which was super awkward. I don't know if he could see the rage or sadness behind my eyes, but it was all there. <laughs> I imagine that's how it would be for most Hornets fans that got the chance to meet George Shin. And that's where the problems come in. Not as you were explaining earlier. Like, look, like there's a lot of this that like the rehabbing of George Shin is kind of wild to me. And the normalizing of, hey, this guy basically screwed out, screwed over the NBA, ruined the NBA sentiment in this town for years to the where it still hasn't recovered. And yet we're doing an entire Q&A piece with a whole bunch of softball questions because we need content. Like, that's my problem with this entire piece in a nutshell. No matter how much he looks like, watch Jason Ritter again. John, John Ritter. Ritter, right. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Like, no matter how much he looks like Wash John Ritter, no matter how much he looks like hipster Colonel Sanders, no matter how much he looks like, like, just basically Dollar General version of Billy Ray Cyrus. Like, that's where we're at. With this. <laughs> like, okay. The John Ritter and the Billy Ray Cyrus. Excellent stuff. Um, yeah. One of the other question is, you know, he, Scott Fowler asked, what were some of your worst moments with the franchise? And so he says, the day that I realized the city was not going to pass the referendum in 2001 because relocation became likely at the time and it broke my heart because my love for the city of Charlotte and I still love Charlotte to this day. That was a low point, you know, so that he also mentions Bobby Phil's, which is a lot more relatable. I think a lot more people can agree to that. But I, what do you make of that answer from George Shinnata when he says that that broke my heart because relocation became likely when they wouldn't pass the referendum? It's not like he could have stopped that. Oh, wait. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the thing is, George Shin tries to make himself sound like a passenger in this thing. Like, I had no choice. I had no choice. Like, the only thing he technically had no choice in doing was the Zotrade. That was it. Like, literally, that's it. Everything else, yo, you could have stepped in. It's not like you, again, it's not like you were the boss. Oh, wait. Yeah, you were. Like, there's a whole bunch of this where George Shin tries to pass it off like he's not the boss of this. And it's just like, no, that's not true. That's not factually accurate. Well, like, yeah. yeah. And, and we're getting, you know, I mean, we're kind of getting over on time on this. But I did want to mention one other thing, you know, because Nada, you brought up the Alonzo trade. And we've talked about this before. And I always have a great time. And we, we all do talking with Rick about Alonzo, Rick Bunnell, who's you know been covering the team <clears throat> for such a long time. And we've talked about some of that, the happenings of Alonzo transitioning from Charlotte to Miami. And, you know, he I think he always 
put in the light that it was going to happen. And that's exactly what kind of George Shin talks about here. So Scott Fowler asked him in terms of unpopular basketball related moves you made in Charlotte, trading future Hall of Famer Alonzo Mourning in 95 to Miami has to be number one. Do you regret doing that? And George Shin, I think, has the right answer and an honest one. He says, I think it was something that had to be done. Alonzo was a great player, but at the time, the guy I relied on completely was Bob Bass. I thought the world of Bob, and he was the person who first told me this isn't going to work. I don't want to dig up any old bones or anything, but there were a lot of reasons it just didn't make sense to go forward. We already had the highest paid player in team sports at the time in LJ, and we were going to pay, and we we're going to pay more for Alonzo, but more wasn't enough. I think the best decision at the time was made. And yet, I mean, not as Zoe wanted out. They had already paid LJ because, of course, you were going to pay LJ. And when you came with all this money to Zoe and Zoe still was wanting out, would rather play for a different team. That's just the kind of way that it was going to happen. And by the way, Bob Bass salvaged as much as he possibly could getting Glenn freaking Rice. It, it, yep. it worked out OK, despite losing a guy like Zoe, who was an amazing NBA player. Like, look, that's the thing. Bob Bass at this point is just one of those that, like, Bob Bass managed to salvage that to where we, again, he got the single greatest Charlotte Hornets individual player season that we have yet to see. Like, it's so crazy seen. that that season like, is crazy, best. Nada. Yeah, it's the best. We it, no one has ever touched it. That Glenn Rice season in '96, no one's ever touched it. And I'm not sure anyone ever will. So at this point, like. I don't blame Bob Bass. Bob Bass saw all this coming. The only person you could really blame for the Alonzo situation are two people, really. Pat Riley, who was openly tampering at the time, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> right. And, and Alonzo Mourning. Like, those were the two people that you can blame. After that, yo, it is what it is, man. This small market problems. Um, Glenn Rice averaged, rounded up, 27 points per game in 96 and 97. He shot 47% from three on five and a half attempts per game. He shot 48% from the field overall. He also went to the foul line, Nada, seven times per game. An underrated part of that season. He goes there seven times per game and shoots 87% from the free throw line. He also adds, you know, a few rebounds at, and, and a couple of assists per contest. That's not anything that we were paying attention to, but that's the season. And by the way, he never shot under 42% from three on basically five attempts every single season. So, yeah, I, I love looking at that three-year stretch with Glenn, including that 96-97 season. Um, all right, we'll end it today. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks again to rockauto.com and Locker Room for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. Hollinger and Duncan really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.